Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Welcome to another episode of Nightlight. Uh, contrary to the persistent rumor, I was not suspended. I'm just working on a project, and the guest the following week had uh, made a request to reschedule, and then there was another problem the next week. So uh, we are going to reschedule that one for <clears throat> I think uh later March but it's nice to be back no there's no problem um I hope uh the groundhog predicts an early spring uh it's winter's gone a little too long for me um and one to remind everyone that Barbara's doing a special show tomorrow at 9 a.m. Central, 10 Eastern. So, uh, you know, uh, that's too early for you. It will it will be on the archives, uh, you know, later tomorrow af- afternoon, or you know, it could, could be tomorrow night too. But uh, you know, keep checking the website. Uh, that that will be a, a really interesting show. Um, I have a friend from up the river as my guest tonight. Ryan Fusco is a paranormal investigator from the greater Pittsburgh area. He's a yinzer, uh, just like Jeff Goldblum and the fly and another one of our loyal listeners, Sherry from the deep South. uh, Ryan has been on the road investigating several anomalies like the Minnesota Iceman, and we'll be uh, covering a fascinating case from Oklahoma. Um, and he's working on a book at the moment, but uh, you know we'll start our uh, discussion with Ryan's passion for the Owlman. Hi, Ryan. How are you doing? Hey, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm fine. Um, 
I think tonight's show is I'm probably going to be tying together loose ends from some other shows. You're going to be laying the foundations for a show we have on the 15th uh, with Celia Edgar's new book on cryptids. So, uh, yeah, I think we have a lot of information to uh, – introduce and you know uh, I think after this uh, what's uh, was unintentional to create this like little cryptid series but you know I, I think after Zelia's appearance it, they can see some patterns that uh, may emerge from your uh, discussion tonight so you know we've uh, covered a lot of Mothman Stuff. We have more <clears throat> uh, variations of that uh, uh, the Mothman research coming up later this year. Um, I've kind of touched a little bit on the Van Meter visitor, but um, you know, Ron, what's your connection to the Owlman? This is a new topic for our <laughs> listeners. Yeah, it is. It's actually. Um, I mean, there's uh, two different types of, uh, I don't want to get people confused with uh, owl sightings uh, with abduction cases uh, that'll take those along with spree memories and stuff like that. Um, this is the actual cryptid side of it. It's the owl man in itself. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of people, uh, let's say like, for instance, overseas, my, connect, my connection to um, about two years ago, I did a investigation in Fayette County, which is about 45 minutes, minutes from me. I live uh, in Monroeville. It's about uh, 20 minutes outside of Pittsburgh. Um, so I had actually went up there to investigate this. But in the long story short here, the witness, uh, he was out in uh, a barn. This man, so I'll get his background down real quick. Uh, this guy is very smart. Um, when I walked over, I was actually shocked uh, to see what I was uh, seeing. Um, he actually had his own self-sustaining, uh, basically like a, a garden that was massive, grew his own vegetables. Uh, he raised his own fish to eat. The guy uh, was uh, no just no Joe Schmo, you know, <laughs> yeah, I could say that. And uh, <laughs> so he's a, a very intellectual person. So uh, the, the, the encounter goes as <clears throat> him and his friend were out in uh, his barn, which his barn he turned into a stage with uh, he's a musician. A musician, he plays piano uh, and a couple other instruments. He, uh, his buddy was playing the piano at the time. He was going to get his friend a drink. Uh, this man, by the way, is in his, uh, late, uh, early fifties. So he's been there for a while. And so he's coming back, um, from the home to the, uh, the, the garage. And it's, I'd say it's about a 70 foot walk. It's not too, too, too far. So as he's getting towards the barn or yeah, he looks up, he thought what he saw was a, uh, hang glider. Like, wow, I've never seen a hang glider around here. But, you know, uh, in the area he's at, there's nothing but cornfields and fields. And, uh, and honestly, electrical wires from the uh, the towers they have out there. So he was like, wow, this guy is uh, possibly in the wrong area. So he's watching him come in, and his buddy's playing the piano, and he's still staring at this thing. And as it gets closer, it turns its head. And he realized, whoa, this isn't a hang glider. <laughs> He's like, what is this thing? Uh-huh. And, 
as it gets closer, he's like, oh, my God, that's a giant owl. And at this time, he was like, whoa. He tried to get his buddy to come uh, see what it was, but the music was too loud. And we'll tie that in later on about the music. So, um, okay. But as it came in, he was like, oh, my goodness, this thing, it's a giant owl. I mean, the wingspan was about 18 feet, and this thing was about five and a half feet tall, which makes, and it had a, you know, giant spots. Yeah, it was huge. I actually sent you guys a photo of him. He drew the actual um, photo of the owl, of what he saw. It had gold on his chest, uh, big eyes, uh, huge claws. Uh, but, yeah, this thing came swooping down. He said about, within about 30 feet, and then it uh, it just kept, it, you know, it made a turn to the right and uh, kept going off. And, yeah, that was his sighting. But it gets, uh, you know, it gets a little bit more deeper than that. So, but yeah, that's the initial sighting. And uh, Ryan, you uh, you know brought up the uh, you know a little bit of the uh, background about the uh, witness uh, eyewitness. Um, he also seemed to be. Uh, environmentally conscious and had a solar panel farm. Yep, yes, he did. Yeah, it, do, yeah. do you well, think? This, this, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Do, do Do you think the solar panels or that you know, solar panel? Uh, Farm, barn. What I think attracted is a weird thing. What I think attracted was was the music, and I'll 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 say that because yeah, because so in other sightings, there's actually actually been music playing from a piano. uh, Actually, so there's about three accounts that I know of that in in an owl man sighting, uh, there was a. Uh, music playing in the background, or if it was fairly loud. Actually, I'm sorry, there, there was two of them. Uh, this one and another one both had a piano playing. The other one, there was background music playing uh, that was like, a, I guess, jazz music. Um, but in these three sightings, there was music playing, and this is what seemed to, I guess, uh, had this owl thing come towards them. Uh, being curious about the music. Now, the other two sightings, they don't have solar panels or anything like that. So those are the three. That's what I could pull as a pattern for these sightings. And that, you know, it makes sense. And like like, like you said, this guy's guy's a very smart person. So it goes further. So this man was very curious on what he saw. So there's actually a mushroom farm out in this area. I don't know if it's closed down or not, but either way, uh, he went as far as to this guy was retired, by the way, um, and rightfully so. He, he worked uh, worked his butt off his his whole life. Um, he went and got a job at the mushroom farm. Now, if the audience doesn't know, working at a mushroom farm doesn't sound like a very clean clean clean. <laughs> uh, it's pretty dirty. You know, you're on the ground, and um, you know it's 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 damp. You know, so it's not um, something that someone would just go. Hey, I'm just gonna go get a job there and have some fun, you know. Um, I mean, I'm you're into mushrooms, I guess, but other than that, this guy um, was not. 
so he went and got a job at the local mushroom farm because he had heard rumors that there was possibly this giant bat thing in this cave. And there are caves there that's called mushroom for growth. And mm-hmm. so this guy, he worked there for he worked there for about six, seven months. And don't quote me, I, I'm not sure, but I know he worked there for more than three months. And during this time, they caught four-wheelers. And they caught them on the security camera. So whenever they were questioned, uh, the sheriff was like, hey, why, why, why are you guys stealing our four-wheelers? He's like, well, you know, they go into the cave, you know, they take them into the caves. Like, the purpose for that was because we've seen this big, huge creature fly out of this cave several times. And they wanted to kill it. And when they were arrested, they had shotguns on them. So that was the reason why, why the witness got the job here in a mushroom farm in the first place, was to see if this creature actually lived in this cave. So, I mean, and after I heard that, I'm thinking, oh, wow. So you know, that tied it together a little bit for me. So after a little bit of more uh, research, I actually went to... <laughs> to the cave, there was a bunch of signs that says no trespass and stuff. So I, I, I there was some laying on the ground. So I, you know, stepped over the fence, and <laughs> sure enough, there was uh, there was a tree branch that had two huge. I have a picture of it. it two huge uh, uh, claw marks on it. You could tell they were claw marks, by the way. They, you know, they, they're very distinct. Um, but it was on a branch, and this branch was laying on the ground. So it looked like something very heavy had, had uh, snapped this off. And then also about, I couldn't get any further into the cave because there were so many, uh, we call them jagger bushes up here. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. It's the first thing, I guess. And uh, so. Um, we have them too. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so as I got closer, I, 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 I was getting stuck, you know. So I couldn't get into the cave. And also, I didn't want to get in trouble as well. So I turned around, but. There was a cave right where this guy said there would, would be, and this thing was not easy to find on Google Maps. Matter of fact, I was like, geez, this is like using MapQuest. <laughs> it really was because I couldn't find uh, this area at all, and I just so happened to make a wrong turn, and I found it. <laughs> so, yeah, but um, it was definitely there. There was a cave there, and um, I uh, – from now, from now until from then until now, I have received uh, two other sightings from up there. Um, that, for you know, that correspond to the uh, to the actual main sighting. And one of them was actually this. I have received three. The the the, the first one I'm going to tell you about is while um, I received from the actual witness that another uh, woman had seen this uh, creature, and she described. A little bit darker, and it would be dark because at nighttime she saw this. And this thing was on the side of the road eating, uh, eating something. And she said it was huge. She said she first thought it was a human, you know, someone in a in a suit. You know what I mean? <laughs> in a way, but uh, there, she said they they actually thought it was a giant bat. And that's what actually the kids said too. The kids that got caught stealing the four wheelers, they also they also thought it was a bat as well. But, I mean, that, that's where I guess uh, you have the difference of, because this guy saw it coming in for, he said it was at least, um, yeah, I think it was like three three minutes seeing this thing. So, you know what I mean? He got a very good look at it, a really good look at it. The only guy that drew, uh, 
that was able to draw uh, the actual image of this thing. So uh, I kind of go off of what he said. You know what I mean? So, and the other two, um, it was at nighttime when they saw it. So it would make sense. It was darker, you know. Eye shine for owls is red. So, I mean, they had eye, red, it had red eye shine. So it just makes sense, you know. So, but, yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, uh, Ryan, just to um, back up for a minute, the you know, the store, the Owl Man, um, started with or coincided with a uh, guy uh, playing a piano in yeah. the barn. Um, is there some kind of correlation with the the music frequencies, the resonances, um, that might attract, uh, some kind of, you know, like sonar, you know, bat type, um, I mean, there possibly could be, to be honest with you. I haven't delved too much into that, but that's. Honestly, that was uh, my next road to go down um, in this case uh, because, like I said, uh, this guy's playing piano. Um, mm-hmm. Another, uh, there was a piano playing in that one as well. Then the next one I told you, you know, it was a, a correlation of uh, jazz music playing. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. to, honestly, to me, I think that's what caught this uh, um, flying human with attention was the piano that was playing. Because if I if we, if we look at everything else that was happening on the farm at the time, or we'll call it a farm. Really, I mean, he turned his farm into you know, like I said, like a stage. But uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. Your description is, is, is uh, a farm. Yep, exactly. And the, and the other one I have too. Um, they they're on an actual farm. They're on a farm, and this lady, the female that I talked to, she was playing the piano from her uh, her her living room with the window open. And they had a huge uh, barn out back. And that's, she said she was playing piano, and she noticed uh, a shadow come over the ground. She said it was huge. It, it, it actually uh, darkened up the, the swing set that was in the backyard. And so when she got up to look, she said it was, she goes, it was a giant owl, man. Like, it looked like an owl. That was her exact words were, it looked like an owl, but it, when it turned its head my way, when it, its back was facing me, I then knew that it was a giant owl. <laughs> like that's what she said to me. So, and that makes sense. You know what I mean? So, um, and she was playing the piano. And like I said, the other guy was playing the piano as well. Now the third one I got, uh, they had just, they were having a graduation party and this was the grandparents. So the grandparents, they weren't drunk or anything like that. Uh, the party had died down and everyone was leaving. And this is toward dusk. This is the only one I have that's actually towards the nighttime um, that I received. You know what I mean? Besides receiving secondhand accounts of the the the, the woman that saw it on the side of the road, stuff like that. So, anyways, um, yeah. So it was getting to be dark out. It was on a Sunday. That's why they. I I had even asked. I said, "Why did you cut the party so short?" <laughs> you know, the sun's still up. And uh, she said, "Well, it was on a Sunday." And I, everyone went to church that morning. I said, "Okay." So anyway. Um, yeah, so everyone's clearing out. Uh, they are playing. They had their uh, music playing, and it was, a, I guess, like a guest house. But also, there was, there, 
Um, there was, you know, a, not as big as a bar as the first two, as the second one, but uh, there was a, you know, there was a bar. But I, I honestly don't think that has a, um, any meaning to any of this because I honestly believe that it was the music that was playing. Because when they saw this thing, they said it was a little bit darker, and they said it was a. Uh, the, the first two matched with the same, almost same thought. They, they matched almost the same, and the description. But the third one here it was darker, and uh, the, she said it's claws. She goes, and the husband reiterated that the claws were so yellow, and uh, that's he said the claws, uh, the talons were yellow, and uh, but it had a darker chest front, and. Uh, yeah, it was just a lot darker than, than the first two. But yeah, I mean, the connection to those, I honestly believe, is, is the music. And you asked a good question. I mean, that's something I, I'm definitely going to look into in the future. So. Um, music, it was playing. Yeah, that, that seems to be a pattern for uh, two of the three cases. Are, are there uh, some more similarities? that you've noticed in your investigations, meeting with uh, the eyewitnesses that uh, stand out? Uh, you know, they, uh, you know, one was, it happened in the daytime, uh, the other was... Two, two of them in the daytime, one of them towards the end of the day, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it like, sounded like dusk, like you said, dusk. Okay, yeah. uh, yeah, and then, is, like, is there something else that can might indicate something that precipitates the appearance of Owlman? Thing too is I um, so when I looked into the area for the second one, the the, the second one happened in uh, New York State, and it was in um, uh, right outside Albany. And so I looked to see if there was any mines in the area, and actually I I didn't get to do the full search I wanted to, but there was um, an area that's uh, not mines. I'm sorry, like oh, like caves in mines, and there was a couple small ones there. Um, not not real deep or anything, but <clears throat> those. So that one stands out with me for the second for the first one I talked about. You know, with the the piano in the barn. So those mm-hmm. two have two connections that really. But like I said, I think the music for the most part ties it together because even if we look at the secondhand accounts. Uh, from the lady and her son uh, passing it on the road eating. Um, there, there's not much to go off of there. You know what I mean? She, yeah, she saw something. Uh, it could have been something else, you know. So we have to take that with a great salt as much as we don't want to, you know. And so I, there, after, uh, you know, letting this go for two years, I, re- I had received one more uh, sighting up there uh, for the Owlman and, and this, I ever I think I received this in November, and it was the same description as the first uh, guy. Now, the first three initial ones, those are ones I got um, in, in in sequence with each other. You know what I mean? I got I went up and talked to the first uh, witness, and then mm-hmm. uh, after posting the investigation, I received a couple other. Ones. All right, so this is actually almost two years after the fact. So this is my most recent one here, and this is the one that really. Gives it uh, things like so. We'll call her uh, Susan. Let's say Um, so. She's getting in the car. um, Pine needles uh, falling on her uh, uh, windshield. She said. So uh, she went to go brush them off, 
And as she was putting the uh, scraper back in her car, uh, she heard this really loud sound. And <clears throat> as she turned around, and mind you, the see there's no music playing. This is actually between 6.30 and 7.30 in the morning. Um, but the car was running. I don't know if there was, I asked her if there was music playing and she said, can't remember at the time because of what she saw was just so mind blowing. She, she, you know, she couldn't believe what she was seeing, but she described the same exact description as the first witness, the same. And these two people live 3.7 miles apart. So I definitely believe that they saw the same creature. And she said it had to have been over five. Now, let's think about that. Like, five feet tall, that, I mean, I'm five seven, so I know I'm a giant. <laughs> no, no, but, you know, it's, it's, I'm five foot, so that's, you know, seven inches shorter than me. Like, that's, that's a tall, that's a tall bird, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's massive. You know, so, I mean, for, and then also, but she said it was a little bit thicker than he said. Um, I asked her to uh, sketch it for me, but honestly, she really didn't want to discuss it after we talked about it three times. She, she really wanted to just put it out of her head, um, which is, you know, rightfully so. That's fine with me. Um, but uh, she definitely said it had more, um, more meat on it, which would make sense. Two years older, it's heavier, you know, so... But, uh, it, yeah. it, it is, um, you know, the Mothman has been explained away as being the Sandhill Crane. Um, but is there no. a large bird in the Albany area, you know, north of, you know, you know what? That, 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 that's a really good question. That's a, a really good question. I'm going to be honestly, I didn't even delve into that. I was so intrigued by the music. I was like, wow. Because, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't know anything about, uh, you know what I mean? I mean, and if she did, she, she was very credible. Um, I had actually talked to her mother on the phone as well. So, I mean, they, they were both very credible people. They had no idea about this, that this field could even exist to begin with. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, um, but um, uh, as, as far as a, um, another bird, I don't – and I know in my area, I don't think there's a five-foot-tall bird anywhere, you know? And uh, yeah, as, right. as for New York goes, I don't – honestly, I, I, I would have no clue, but I don't think I, – I, I couldn't see that happening because let's, – let's real quick, we'll jump – and this is a big jump, but we're going to jump to New Jersey real quick. There's been a ton of dragon sightings in New Jersey, a ton. Right. And let's think about that. Is there a bird that's 20 feet tall? You know, it seems like it's so, like, no, there isn't over there. So, I mean, that's, I guess I bring it up to compare, you know, bird sightings, but I don't think, to be honest with you, I don't think that uh, you can compare this to any other bird, to be honest with you. I was just wondering if, you know, the northern parts of the Hudson Valley, uh, had some kind of, uh, say, heron, lar- larger than okay. usual heron. I, I, I don't. Uh, I guess I would have to check that out. And I'll definitely check it out after the show. That's very interesting. I'd definitely like to see what this is or find out what it is for sure. Okay. So, uh, and 
I know you, know, you wanted to do a um, link this New York, Pennsylvania sightings uh, to the English Owl Man. Um, I did some uh, uh, reading on it too in um, Ken Gerhard's uh, Encounters with Flying Humanoids. Um, I don't know. If this is, yeah, I, I don't know if uh, Ken is covering the same case you are, but this one uh, was uh, set. In 1976, yeah, in Cornwall, the, yes, yes, and it, it was within the the um, uh, uh, ch- church graveyard. Uh, there was a church setting. I, it, you, know, you get the barn in Pennsylvania music playing. Uh, the the, you know, the one in uh, yep. Cornwall, England, is in a church. I, you know. I, you know, there could be someone playing an organ. I, I don't. You're right. It could have been a funeral service happening. You know, yeah, that, uh, it, yeah. Yeah. You know, just looking at what Ken has in his book, it seems like we keep uh, encountering maybe some of these structures that are attracting these. Anomalous animals. But this is this is where it, it, it differs for me. Is this okay? So these things are what five? Six. The ones in England, uh, they're actually a little bit bigger. Um, and, and some of them are four feet tall, but for the most part, they have more owl man sightings than we do. Uh, so, but this is the thing: is are they staying in this area? Because if they are, they have to have something that's going to cover them up. Mm-hmm. If they're this big. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm trying to think of around a cemetery. Where would these things hide if there was a church on a property? Uh, they would possibly hide in a bell tower. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, or uh, is, is there a mausoleum there? Is the door is the door open? Is that what they're saying? You know what I mean? Like, so they would definitely have to have a place to hide. Or honestly, and uh, you're probably thinking they they're probably nearby, possibly. So, but that that's where it gets me. Is that these things are these things aren't small. And the description, like the one you just read, of the Cornwall um, owl, uh, it's almost except for the ears being up, it's almost identical to the one that was in Fayette County. Does it seem like there's? One species of these owl, owl man, yeah. or it might be you know, the same ones migrating. It's it's very interesting. Yeah, it is. You know what? I I honestly think there's different species of it because, I mean, I've read other people's accounts, not ones just sent to me, you know, uh, but other people's accounts that they look different. They got white chest. They uh, like like the okay, so the one in Fayette County, the complete description of this one, it had a white chest, had a gold uh, part on its stomach, um, around its eyes, uh, it had a little bit of gold, its uh, eyes were dark, point, uh, whitened, uh, brown, uh, grayish black, brown wings. So you know what I mean? It was, uh, you know, if that's a definitely a different description than 
the one I read out in Oregon, where or Oregon, uh, however you want to say it, um, <clears throat> uh, that one there was completely brown. Um, the whole thing, the whole, the whole chest of piece of it was brown, and it had white uh, part on its face. And then you could also match up the one, uh, the third setting where it, it was completely dark that I talked about. It was all dark, you know. What I mean? So I mean, if that's a different species, you know, what I mean, that those sound like different species for sure. So I honestly believe, I, I do believe that. I, I think they are, there definitely are different species. Okay. Um, it is, do you, do you think we're dealing with a, a similar species or, uh, the same species if we you know, go back to uh like the Van Meter visitor at um like uh, was it was in nineteen oh three, then you you know come forward uh sixty uh sixty three years to Mothman, then you get the Chicago Mothman, Owlman in Cornwall, England in nineteen seventy six. Uh, um, there's a, maybe a little bit of a pattern of da- uh, dates. Yeah, the pattern I get, but the, the description is it, it really varies. Um, and, and the descriptions are way different, especially like okay. Tobias Wayland, who did a really good job um, in his research for the Chicago Mothman. Um, the description, I mean, these are from, you got descriptions from the uh, police department. Uh, matter of fact, you know, what's funny is, I guess we can talk about that later. I was, I was about to bring out the, the Loveland Frog thing. But um, anyway, so the Mothman one in Chicago, that, that's been seen as a black, all black skinny, you know. But this is the thing is, other sightings, <laughs> some people describe it way different black and it has red eyes and it's um but for the most part so i don't think that these two things are honest these two entities are are related to each other if that's where we're going you know what i mean like um okay. but the okay. but the time frame like you're saying is 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 uh very peculiar so it's yeah it's, it's I, I don't think they're related though there, there's too much of a difference in the, the actual bodies of this entity Okay. Well, uh, um, I wanted to a- ask a question for myself, and you know, maybe a few uh, listeners had the same uh, type of question. But so, I was just inter- interested in establishing some of these patterns. Um, the more we keep talking to other researchers, or you know, uh, profilers, uh, they start emphasizing patterns. Yeah, it, it becomes you know helps to put all the pieces together. Yeah, uh, absolutely, it, absolutely. They, yeah, times of uh, yeah the sightings, uh, dates. Yeah, of, see that. Uh, yeah, so for patterns for this actually. Like that's why I was saying, like the ones in Chicago are so sporadic. Um, but uh, you know, a lot of them are at nighttime. But there is a couple in the daytime or towards dusk. 
Um, and there's a ton of them, too. There, there, people don't even know. Like, it, I mean, there is a ton of them. For the, the owl man sighting that I know of, um, and like I said, I've, got, I've, gotten a couple, I've read a, uh, several other ones uh, across the United States. Uh, for the most part, a lot of them are at dusk. And uh, like I said, the ones yeah. I have, I, I have just, I have three myself with music. And then I think I've heard about, especially um, on the other side of the Rockies, there's, I think I can think of about four or five that had music also. So, like, you're definitely on to something with a frequency. I, I do believe that. I definitely think that's uh, a, a for sure pattern. I mean, Ken Gearhart would probably know a little bit more about that than me. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, I'm definitely thinking of frequency. But also, too, uh, barns. <laughs> barns are, um, barns are definitely a, uh, I guess if you want to call it a pattern for, for a lot of, that's, that's for sure. And like me, you were talking the other day about, I forget the name of the woman you're going to have on in a couple of weeks. She's writing. <clears throat> oh, uh, Celia Edgar. Yeah. She, yeah, she, yeah she's yeah. the next guest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, me and you were talking the other day about, uh, flying humanoids and UFOs. So, mm-hmm. like, the pattern there, like, the, and the two I had that Essie, I mean, I guess, fall in line with uh, what she's researching. Um, you know, I have two I have two of them, and they both follow a similar pattern. You know, there's they both have flying humanoids in them, for one. Both have the same color orb, the same exact orb, and they were both described to me <laughs> the same way. And then they both had a barn, but the, the, the thing was is they were these – both entities are both described as being all black. The one I said had wings on it, but it never flew. It would walk on the ground. The other one, she said it took flight once, I think. But also, they the, both families both had dogs. And the one they were written hound dogs, the other one they had two German Shepherds. The sad part about the story is they believe that uh, this entity grabbed one of the German Shepherds, and that was the end of that, because the dog never returned. And also, too, the cage uh, was ripped. But they both had barns. Um, they both had the same type of barns. They both had huge barns with big metal doors uh, because they had uh, tractors uh, that they, they would take in and out. But, you know, what I mean, I mean, just look at all the patterns right there for those two stories. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, I definitely think that um, those can be tied together somehow because of how many similarities there are. But I say that to tell you this. The Owlman ones, it just took a little, you know what I mean? It just takes one little difference, you know, and and when I heard that they were playing jazz, <laughs> I'm not saying like there's a certain frequency for a certain owl, <laughs> but it seems like that in a way, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> it, it attracted a different owl uh, and, you know what I mean? It, had, it was different music, but so, I mean, I, I really think you're, like you said, you're on the something with the frequencies, but the patterns, yeah, to me, definitely uh, the, the, the surrounding the frequencies in the area, I'm guessing, and then uh, also the area. So definitely barns and, and, and music, I think, in my opinion. Okay. Um, uh, after I read your report on the Oklahoma uh, exam, um, yeah, that's a whole yeah, so, yeah, 
yeah, there there were some other patterns that uh, some recent guests have discussed. Um, yeah, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, I think some of the orbs, you know, that that goes back to you know Dr. Lincoln Ty's several appearances with Barbara. Uh, maybe go over to your investigation in Oklahoma. And okay. you know, we can get into uh, uh, what other researchers uh, encountered, and how your what you've researched or uh, you know, your conclusions after twenty years of uh, yeah. after they did their investigations. Uh, it, it, there's this consistent pattern. So. Uh, yeah, so, ha- how were you contacted by the property owner in Oklahoma? Okay, so I'm just going to let the audience know this is going to be a big uh, turn. <laughs> so, we're going to go right to the UFO field. Um, so, uh, basically, I was uh, contacted by email uh, from this witness. Uh, then he messaged me on Facebook, and then I finally got on the phone with him. Um, what I'm a, I'm a long story short. All right, um, this happened in Comanche uh, County, Oklahoma, and this place. When I got there, it made Skinwalker Ranch look like Disneyland, and that's, I don't say that lightly. It really did. And I wish I could talk to somebody from the Skinwalker Ranch because I would love to give them some, some pointers on how to see what's happening here after I was in Oklahoma and saw what's happening. But uh, for the most part. Uh, he was out hanging laundry the one night, and this was in August of two, uh, about a year and a half ago now. And he was hanging laundry. Uh, light came in. He didn't know what it was. Um, he's like, "Wow, it got pretty close," and it went away. So the next night, he's grab, uh, hanging laundry again, and it got closer. So what does he do? He pulls out a twenty-two and shoots at it. <laughs> Shot at it. And, uh, okay. uh, from from there, this. Uh, this gets wild. So after he did that, the next day he started noticing things uh, a lot different. Like he would go out uh, to the tractor. He would notice that there were these silver things sitting by trees. He's like, what is this? And this guy had no idea about UFOs, nothing. Matter of fact, I had to describe to him what a portal was. Like he, he had no knowledge of this field at all. And um, <laughs> so I would I would be in contact with him every day. Matter of fact, I'd get phone calls at three o'clock in the morning from him because he would be freaked out of what was happening outside. So, um, yeah, but he would send me photos. So I would get photos of these silver discs. They were they were they were silver discs and cigar shaped. Uh, they were sitting right in trees. I was like, wow, this is wild. And so, not after after not after long, they, they these things started knocking on his window, and he sent me photos of handprints on his screens and. I have photos of these as well, and there's they're not human handprints, that's for sure, and they're not any animal handprints that I ran across. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, so these things got uh, more braver as uh, the weeks went on, and he also would get mad. He would get mad that these things were out there because uh, he would send me videos. Uh, there would be lights. I mean, it looked like someone was stringing. It looked like someone would take it from a helicopter and string Christmas lights and just let them hang down. And while they just sat in the air, like that, that's what these would look, it was so strange. Um, but it was, I mean, really cool to see, to be honest with you. And so 
he had sent me this one photo, the one I, um, and this is where it gets really deep because uh, he called me. It was about a quarter to four in the morning, and he was crying. Like, what's up? And he's like, you know, I'm I'm mad that uh, God would do this. I said, what are you talking about? And um, real quick, I don't judge. I'm not a religious person, but I I don't judge anyone's beliefs. That that's their business, and, and that's fine. So, uh, saying that, I he said to me. I saw the, he goes, I saw these things tonight. He goes, they looked like dogs. I was like, what? He goes, they look like dogs. He goes, why would Jesus do this? I said, I know I'm not the person to answer that. I, I can't answer that for you. I said, but I said, are you sure you saw what you thought? He goes, absolutely. And there were three other witnesses at this house. So after hearing that, and he sent me a photo that was pretty compelling, I was like, you know what? I'm driving out there. And I did. I drove from Pittsburgh to Oklahoma. <laughs> and that was an adventure in itself. Um, so, But I made it there. And the first night I was there, um, there were uh, uh, three lights in the sky. They were red. And they were moving back and forth. And I was like, wow, I've never seen it. And his dog was barking the whole night, think anything of it. And all of a sudden, these red lights ended up making a triangle pattern. I was like, wow, this is crazy. I'm seeing this stuff like it's right here in front of my face. It's awesome. So the next day, and real quick to the audience, he was telling me before uh, there was stuff in the tree. You could see uh, eyes in the trees, and there were these colors. And I have photos of all this. Like the, the photos of the trees with these colors that they would put in, it was beautiful. It really was. <laughs> but you would see colors you'd never even seen before, and, and they were all in these all through these trees. It, was, it looked like a bubble was in in a tree. That's what it looked like. Even when you blow a bubble and you get, you get the rainbow effect, like, right. That's what, that's what it looked like through all these trees. It was really cool looking. I was like, wow, this is really wild. And um, I got a video of a UFO sitting in a field. It looks like a rectangle. It's huge. It's massive. <laughs> it's in the middle of the day. And it's just sitting there going back and forth. It was really wild. But uh, so the, the next day, I'm outside. A matter of fact, um, everyone had to go to work, and I'm there by myself. And I'm recording. All of a sudden, I notice as I'm, I'm as I'm going back the second time, I was just snapping photos, and I realized there's something in a tree. I was like, "There's something definitely over there." And sure enough, it was what they call the Glimmer Man. And I have a photo of this. I mean, you can see it. You can see it pretty well. It looks like the predator. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it looks like the predator in Cloakland. And there's this being sitting right there in the middle of the tree. You can see him pretty much plain as day. It's a really good photo. And I, my heart stopped. I was like, oh my god. And I was like, you know what? I drove all this way. Uh, I took a step forward, and it disappeared. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> so I ran inside like a little kid. <laughs> I did. I was scared. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And uh, so <laughs> as the day went on, there was – he was right. There was something happening in the trees. I was like, this is very odd. Um, so that night – and this is where a pattern started to kick in – is we're outside. All of a sudden, I see a blue light in, in his yard right in front of him, and it disappears. I was like, that's weird. And then he comes – he goes and I said, go get your flashlight real quick. And then he comes running back out without the flashlight. And he says, hey, a red light just landed in the field across the street. I said, oh, well, go grab your flashlight. 
So he grabs his glasses, big mag like. He gives it to me. I point it across the street. And there it is for the first time in my life behind a barbed wire fence. And this is a, um, a part you need to remember because they all had brown outfits on. They were all brown, except they had okay. green goggles for their eyes. They had green glowing goggles. I have a photo of this, but they are moving when I take, and they're not stupid. They, I mean, they're, they, they, they let me put a flashlight on them the whole time. They know I'm going to take a photo of them. They, they have to know this, <laughs> you know? Um, so I do have a photo. You can see what I'm talking about, though. You can see the brown outfits. You can see the green goggles on her forehead. They, they are, they, you can see this in the photo. Um, the dog immediately started chasing them. And I don't even know this dog. I called its name. His name was Cody. And it came to me immediately. Um, when I hit the flashlight back across the fence, they were gone. I was like, oh. But they weren't gone. They just, I guess, went invisible at that time because you could hear and see them jumping over the hay bale. It was crazy. And then they, there was a silo right at the end, and you could just hear the silo. You could hear them dinging off the silo. Like, it was, it was pretty wild. Um, so, to make a long story short, I'm sorry, it's already long enough. Um, the third day, I was supposed to leave. I had car troubles, wasn't able to leave. Um, and I had this investigation. If anybody wants this, they, I'll, uh, I'll be more than happy to send them a copy of it. And also with photos as well. Um, so anyways, third night, uh, he, the witness comes in and says, Hey, there's somebody in my driveway. He goes, I said, what? And, uh, so I go and look out the window. Sure enough, my car doors are wide open. The light's on. I go, what the heck? And I just locked it. And I'm like, why are my doors wide open? And I see a shadow move. I'm like, what is this? And I go, and the one guy goes, hey, someone get down here. So I went down to the basement, and this is a guy that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, he just lived there with the witness. He said, bro, look at these people. And sure enough, I looked over, there's people standing there. They have clothes on, like us. And uh, the one lady had, like, glowing orange skin with black polka dots. The other guy had two stocks coming off his head. And I can't remember the third one, to be honest with you. Um, but they had clothes on, like us. Uh, he had a red jacket on, he had jeans, the lady had a uh, green dress on. And she, they waved at us. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. So, long story, even short, I'm sorry. <laughs> they were basically touring our vehicles. They were, they would, every, every 10, 15 minutes, a new tour would come in, and they would fit in our vehicles. They would give them just like a feel yeah. on our primitive vehicle. Either way, I have proof of this. I have photos of it. I have um um, so basically, they were all. I went outside to go talk to things, and they were standing all along the fence line. All right, and they. This is this is another pattern here. Is they all had brown outfits on. They all had these brown outfits. I was like, what? Same brown outfits last night. I was like, wow. I took a photo. I took a video. They're not in my photo because they look like tall stalks of grass. But I had the photos. You can even see in the photos. Grass doesn't look like this. And I also have a photo in the daytime that the tree they're standing by, there's nothing around it. There's absolutely nothing around it. And at nighttime, there's these big, tall mounds of human-shaped grass, mounds of grass <laughs> standing all around this tree. And so the brown outfits were to, if they were getting this photo taken of them, they wouldn't be able to be seen, shown up on the photo. And sure enough, it was like that, except for, 
the ones I got that were disappearing in the photo the second night, I got them in their actual brown outfits because they were disappearing at the time. And then also, too, I got photos of a couple other entities. But the patterns that emerged out of this were basically the orbs that, that were coming in, the fog. A lot of, you know, in a lot of accounts, you hear fog. Um, uh-huh. You know, UFOs involved in fog and stuff like that. That second night, there was, or third night, there was fog. I have a photo of it. There's fog coming in. It, it's coming in on the ground low as hell, and it just keeps coming. I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. Um, it's coming in, and you can just see it coming right in. And as a matter of fact, in the background, you can see two green lights that aren't street lights, and they're coming in. So the the patterns that other people talk about in abduction cases, they, I mean, in sightings, they, they nailed it. Or there was, like I said, the fog, and then um, orbs moving back and forth. Uh, just uh, when someone went to go take a photo, the phone would mess up. Like, my phone was charged. I just drove 21 hours. I'm going to make sure my stuff's good to go. I want to see something. You know, I didn't drive out there for nothing. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. after yeah, three which, photos, my phone died. <laughs> so I was like, no. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, I was so, ready for that because of other accounts. So I brought a charger, uh, um, a portable charger with me. I was like, I, I said, I don't want this to happen. No joke. And so as soon as that happened, boom, plugged it back in. <laughs> okay, so you, know, you had uh, – uh, that seems to be a pretty common occurrence around paranormal events is uh, uh, batteries you know, yep. being drained. Exactly. So yeah, – and yeah, – uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, batteries being drained. Um your phone not working properly, your light's not working Te- properly, because honestly, Te- five minutes into this... No, it's, it's just you, you, all of a sudden you just have tech issues. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like uh, five minutes into the second night, the, the mag light would turn on. And I bought the batteries that day for it. <laughs> like, so that, that didn't work. My phone, there was nothing wrong with it. It died. Luckily, I bought that charger, but you know what? That charger had to charge, I think, for, I think it was about 10 minutes, and it died. <laughs> and then I plugged it in by the window, and I, this is the crazy part. I have a photo of this. It, it's really wild. Um, I plugged the phone in by the window to record out the window, and all of a sudden, they, they flipped my camera, and it's recording behind me. Like, <laughs> it's recording what's happening in the house. And it's playing it on a projector screen outside. And, and I know this sounds crazy, but I have a photo of this happening. Like, it was wild. They were they were playing a video on a projector screen. Uh, anyways, I'm getting off topic. But, um, yeah, the patterns, uh, I mean, that, that uh, 100%. I mean, it was wild to, to, to see this, you know, in person. Yeah, and, okay, you know, these are uh... – you know, what was going on at this property are, uh, you know, pr- pretty strange. Uh, but, you know, you wrote in your report that almost as soon as you crossed from, you know, yes, yep. Yep. Absolutely. You just noticed some kind of difference in the aura landscape. Of- yeah, you're absolutely right. You're, you're right. In the, in the landscape 
in the the aura of the place. I'm telling you right now, I've driven and I have traveled um, all around the world. I've been to 30 different countries. I've been to every state several times. Um, I've faced the travel for it. I have never, ever driven into a place that had such a feel as this did. Um, as I got into it deeper, there was dead – I mean, it was, I guess, time – and you know what? It was November. So I don't know if wildfires are very big out in Oklahoma in November, but either way, there was so much dead property. It wasn't even funny. I mean, maybe that might be the norm for out there in Oklahoma. I'm not sure. But it was a spooky feeling, and it really was. And I, I as soon as I got into the area, I was like, wow, this is crazy to feel like this. And it was. It was depressing. It, it was. I'm glad you brought that up. It was. Yeah, it was depressing. And uh, the, the. It was like they picked this place on purpose because no one really wants to come here. And I could see why they picked the area because the next neighbor, I think, was a mile away. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> I mean, they definitely picked forest. the right place for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh. It was. It was pretty wild. I mean. Uh, honestly, I and I I don't say that lightly when I say it makes Skinwalker Ranch look like Disneyland. Like it, <laughs> there's Disney, uh, Skinwalker Ranch has nothing on this. I've only told you about you know 40% of what happened here. You know it's 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 crazy. Not to mention the stuff I took home with me. You know, so it's, it was, it was well, wild. It is, uh, with this property in Oklahoma, is is there something? You know, like a, a barn structure or something there is there is there's a silo there's a silo on it um there were a big field matter of fact the third day and I have photos of this uh, you can see clearly plain as day a tree floating in the air <laughs> it's a tree it could because the tree's not there they added this like they were messing around in the field and there's Five, there's four of us, five of us, not four or five of us, watching this happen. And we were just blown away. Like, they're just adding stuff in this field. And they really were. They're, like, their deception game is on point. Like, they they had stuff covered for sure. And that's the crazy thing. I, I literally, and I can send you the photos for the proof. I, literally, a tree is floating off in the air. And then I also have a photo. <laughs> this is crazy. It's a UFO pretending to be a tree. And because the tree... Is the shape of a rectangle. <laughs> it's plain as day. Like it's crazy. I mean, I have proof of all this. It was it was insane. And there's another thing, real quick. Is Fort Sill was 15 minutes away from this place. I called Fort Sill. I got hung up on. Called him again because the witness said at one point two white helicopters unmarked were flying over his area. That's another thing. Another pattern. Uh, two helicopters flying over the area um, with no markings on it. But he said they were both white. Now. That tells me something. Somebody knew something about what was happening here, because it goes a lot deeper. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. well, it, you know, the uh, uh, floating trees might sound sensational, yep. but uh, John, Ke- and you know, we'll be covering that in a couple weeks as well. Uh, Keel wrote in um uh, uh I just blanked on the uh, title of the book it, it wasn't the Mothman prophecies it was another one of his books uh about the uh walking tree stumps 
Yep. I know uh, exactly he, what you're talking he, about. Yeah, he, he investigated um, that topic as well. So, so there seems to be some type of phenomenon about uh, moving trees. Exactly. And also, too, if you think about this, um, in several other abduction cases or UFO sightings, I mean, and even most recent ones, people are saying, you know, these UFOs would come down and they would actually uh, move the tree, move the tree out of the way, sit, sit the craft down, and then the craft would leave and the tree would go exactly back to where it was. Um, you know what I mean? So, like, in uh-huh. that the tree, it was just one thing. I'm talking, when I tell you this, they <laughs> – it was like they were building a secret one runway underneath bushes because this field I have a, was bare. There was nothing in it but a giant tree that was it. The, the third day came, there were bushes, trees, um, like there were ravines. I was like, what is <laughs> the whole landscape changed? <laughs> like it was wild. It was crazy to see. Mm. It really was. And like I said, I got two photos off the one that was a, uh, one that you could make out because I tried so hard to take better photos and it was just, it was almost impossible because they, you know, they knew I was trying to take photos of it. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, the one I'm telling you right now, a hundred percent, you can see it with your own eyes. The tree is a rectangle. It's, it's not a tree. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I'll send it to you guys. Um, it, wow. You're right though. It's, it's, uh, with the moving tree stump stuff. Yeah. Um, it was really good uh, um, investigation, actually, he did on that. So, yeah. Okay. And, and speaking of investigations, you, you, you've also helped uh, in, investigate the Minnesota Iceman. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I helped Joshua Cutchin. Um, he asked uh, if someone uh, knew a little bit more about it, and I, I knew a little bit about the Minnesota Iceman. So. Uh, this is actually not not a big part of uh, my uh, um, I guess my um, career in this uh, field, um, but I did uh, help Joshua Cutchin and uh, Tim. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I was honored to do it because Joshua Cutchin is one of my favorite authors. I mean, he's got great novel. I mean, his books are amazing. I love them. They mm-hmm. they talk about topics that no one wants to talk about, and that's why the book I'm writing now is about screen memory. And I think there's only one other book out about screen memory. And so I got that idea from actually reading Josh's book. So, um, yeah, but, you know, his books are great. And then him and Timothy Renner got together, and they both wrote um, a book on Bigfoot. And this one here, it's in the book. It's called Where the Footprints End. And, um, yeah, so I helped him uh, research uh, the Minnesota Iceman. Uh, long story short, um Back in the day, there was a carnival going around. There was a guy, he had a caveman, supposedly, in ice. And um, <laughs> um, who else talks about um, What's his face? I, I'm sorry, Ken Gearhart uh, knows a lot about this as well. Um, anyways, um, so he's uh, lugging this thing around with him uh, to c- carnivals and stuff like that, circuses. And they're trying to cross a border, I believe. And so they get detained in... Uh, you know, people find out what's going on uh, just a little bit. So they call in uh, investigators, and I forget the guy's name. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, I'm drawing a blank right now of it. 
Anyways, they go and investigate this. And while they're investigating, they have heat lamps. And during their investigation, the heat lamps just so happen to crack the ice. And they said a putrid smell came out of this, a very foul smell, which basically led to the point where if this, whatever this is, whatever this was, is old and dead, <laughs> you know? And okay. Yeah, so you can um, – so after that, basically the real one disappeared, and they put a fake one out. And you can, literally, you can go online right now and check and look at the photos of the real one and the fake one. And you guys can be the judge of it, but I'm going to tell you this right now, with uh, with the ice cracking and from the researchers, because re- these researchers were very credible uh, individuals, uh, it looks like a real person. It looks like a caveman. I mean, and it looks like a legitimate caveman. It doesn't look like something out of a cartoon or something that was, you know, really, uh, you know, they put in a CGI or something like that. This looks like what you would think a caveman looks like. And yeah, but that's the gist of the story because it gets pretty wild. That, like they say that uh, what's that? Jimmy Stewart might have bought bought the K man off the guy. Like <laughs> it gets crazy. <laughs> that's the gist of the story. And uh, yeah, I just helped uh, Joshua research that for uh, the book that came out. But it's, uh, if you guys get a chance, to check it out. Minnesota Iceman. It's a really interesting piece. Okay. Um, you know, what the have uh contact uh joshua for 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 a show he he, uh, he does have some interesting work so i was really impressed with yeah. uh yeah they're great I mean, that's why i started uh researching screen memories more because that to me falls in line with a couple of his books and like the one let's say for instance um let's say the males in fields of of these topics like the you know, the Fay folk, UFOs field, uh, the Bigfoot field, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And it's the smells you know, of that like a, and I know he had one before that, the Trojan feast, that's one's of food and drink of these topics. And then his third one I think was uh bedtime invade I don't want to get the title wrong, I am sorry. Um but I think it's bedtime invaders or something like that and uh you know, that's involving the same topics, but just at bedtime and what happens. Like, you know, in, in abduction accounts, Facebook accounts. They put it, like, so, yeah, those books, those books that he's writes, they're awesome. And Timothy Renner uh, writes uh, equal to them. So I think that they definitely did a real good job. And that's why I picked Screen Memories as the one I'm coming out with. So, um yeah, I, to me, it just falls in line with a topic that doesn't get um, discussed enough. So, yeah, um, what's screen memories and you know, can, can you use a little back? Yeah, of course. Background uh, so on memory, that topic. Yep, and that's another. Actually, that's another pattern that would fall in line with uh, um, UFO stuff uh, in the UFO field um, for people who don't know a lot about it. Um, so basically a screen memory is something that's not there. Um, and for instance, a pattern that I've been noticing in a lot of screen memories, and people will agree with me on this is obviously owls. Owls can be used as screen memories, deer. Um, I notice if it's a person, it's at a door or it's in a vehicle. 
I noticed if it's a building, it's definitely the abductee being in a car or getting out of a car. I noticed if it's an owl or deer, they're looking out their bedroom window. Like, that is a pattern that has never been brought up that I've just, I mean, that I've noticed. And I'm not saying for all of them, because there's tons of them. I, I could know that for sure. But for the most part, that's accurate. Like, there's, it's, it's wild. It, it, when I discovered that, I'm like, you know, what? this is right. Like, if someone's talking to, let's say they open a door and they're an abductee, and they see a man standing in front of them, or if they're looking out the door, a vehicle, a vehicle is another one. A vehicle using a screen memory, um, most of the time, they'll be like, hey, you know, I did see a vehicle, but you know what? I never heard it come up the driveway. But I did see it moving over towards, you know, the front of the house. Meanwhile, they're either looking out the front door for this, or it's usually not in the daytime. It's usually not on a roadside. It's usually eating out their front door or a window by their door. And so that's the way they're used. So, like, for instance, they saw that 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 um, car pull up. They didn't hear it. Uh-huh. Uh, tires on the gravel. And here's the door shut. This guy gets out. They don't, they've never seen before. Um, this man talks to them, whatever. He gets back in his vehicle. Vehicle takes off. No sound. Then they realize an hour later, you know what? That, you know what? I never heard the tires hit the gravel. I never heard the door shut. All of a sudden, the guy down the road was like, hey, there was a UFO in your in your yard. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, like... Um, and that's happened several times. So that's what a screen memory basically is used as, is uh, something not to startle the, the abductee in a way, to make them feel more secure and safe. So, And it's basically something that's not there. And it, a lot of the times they use, like Mike McClellan, he did uh, wrote a great book on owls, owls being used as screen memories. And also you'll see a lot of deers also being used. As a matter of fact, I have a couple photos pretty wild. I just got them sent to me. They're, they're of deer and half of their bodies aren't there. <laughs> like it's really wild. Huh. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it's a really wild topic. Um, um, I give my take on what I think uh, some screen memories are, um, especially ones back in the day and stuff like that. But yeah, for the most part, that's what um, <clears throat> Excuse me, I've been working on. A little bit of like a false memory, exactly. It's, uh, of you know, kind, kind of like it's psychologists have you know, said, you know, they've they've coached some children into believing something that never really happened. Exactly, and you know what? They'll they'll use also dead relatives. I've heard. Matter of fact. I think this came out two years ago. There was a documentary of a guy from Argentina. Um, he was abducted, but they used a screen memory for him of his grandfather. Um, and that's how he got on the UFO to begin with, because he saw his dead grandfather and he followed him on the UFO. You know, I mean, it, it was something along those lines. Um, but they aren't aren't opposed as opposed to using dead relatives as well. So you're absolutely right. The false memory that's not there in the first place that's basically meant meant to make the abductee feel comfortable. Or sometimes it might not make them feel comfortable. So Okay and yeah you do have in your 
Oklahoma reports, and you know, you brought it up as well that um, Steve, the um, yep. my witness, said uh, things like, "How could Jesus let a creature like that on Earth?" Um, yeah. It, 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 uh, that's. Uh, a statement like that seems to be uh, fairly common. Yeah, and for, I, I'll never forget that night either. I don't mean to forget, Mark. I'm sorry. And that night, I remember it was quarter to four in the morning. I was tired. I remember he called me several times in a row. I was like, "What does this guy want?" And then, sure enough, boom, there it was. And I probably was on the phone with him till about six thirty in the morning. That's how upset this guy was about that. Like it was. Pretty wild. Yeah, it it, it just seems like uh, a traumatic event does uh, cause people to. Uh, uh, Michael Carter and Wallace Wagner discussed that, where uh, kind of heightens a sense of yeah. Um, uh, Faith, um, that, you, know, uh, you know, Michael and his initiation does go into um, where people uh, previous you know, before the event, um, uh, you know, they might have attended church, um, yeah. uh, like at Christmas and Easter. Uh, or if they even went at all, uh, but as the, after the event, they start suddenly uh, reading all kinds of you know uh, sacred texts, uh, you, know, you know, different you know like the Barclay uh, commentary on all the books of the Bible, you know, it's just, you know, just reading all these religious texts that they can get their hands on. Um, it, it, exactly. It, 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 that uh, seems, seems uh, that pattern of uh, before and after the event change seems to be a pattern uh, you know, repeatedly calling you to uh, like uh, uh, get him through the the crisis seems like something was really going on in his life. Does that sound pretty accurate? Sorry about that. Um, yeah, you're. I'm sorry. I was. I had. I mean, I'm sorry. But you're absolutely right about what you were saying. It, it that to me, that's a very telling part in the abduction, the 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 account, because you know, I mean, this guy was, you know, he, like I said, he didn't know what a portal was, you know, and mm-hmm. to call up and ask why Jesus did this, um, you know, several times over, like, and he, I mean, it was to the point where like he wanted to, you know, to not be there anymore, and and that's the truth. You know, and it really shook this guy to his core. So what he saw was life-changing, absolutely life-changing, you know. And 
honestly, what I saw with him down there was life changing as well to me. Like, and, and I'll never forget that ever. It was it was something that was you know I didn't honestly I didn't know that part of the the UFO field existed. I really didn't, and it, it was it was very eye opening. And you're right, that's what these these people they they call for reassurance, like hey, you know why why did this happen? You know, and that's not the only one I've gotten like that either. I've gotten a couple other ones like that as well, but his was the most profound one that was like, you know, I mean, he was digging deep. Like, why is this happening? Why is this thing outside my door right now? Like, you know, and he, mm-hmm. you know, and then to send me the proof, I was like, oh, good Lord. Oh, oh this isn't a human. <laughs> this isn't an animal. <laughs> this is something. And it was plain as day. I sent you the photo of it. Actually, it's in the, um, I don't know if you guys post or not, but it's, um, it's uh, it's like the dog-looking shape entity for sure. It looks like a dog in a way, and it's uh, there's a yellow tarp, and you'll see him. He's peeking right through the window, and that was it. Like, and he said this thing hopped on two feet, two big feet, and it hopped over his barbed wire fence and got back in the craft. Pretty wild, but yeah, you're exactly right with people calling uh, investigators and saying, "I'm sure I'm not the only one that's gotten it," you know. I've also gotten one from a flying humanoid case as well. Same exact call, almost the same exact call. What, why, um, you know, I read about something like this in the Bible, and here it is here. And then I, I and to be honest with you, I, I know a couple things about the Bible. That's that's, that's about it. And um, you know, so that that person would actually know more than me about it. And here they are asking me why why is it there? You know, I I, I couldn't tell you. You know. So what's what's next for you? You know, how do people um, uh, get get in touch with you if they do have a well? Uh, right now, um, oh yeah, I mean, in, in honestly, they can connect, uh, contact me for any kind of case they want. Um, I'll take anything really. Um, I'm not opposed. They can, you know, I'm like right now. Um, I got a lot of UFO stuff happening in my own backyard. I mean, I have proof of that. I have sent you photos. It's pretty wild stuff. <laughs> so whatever I brought back from Oklahoma <laughs> has stayed here with me, to be honest with you. Um, um, but it's it's um, they're harmless um, in a way. Um, it's uh, I've seen them face to face. Like it's pretty wild. Anyways, um, that's what I'm working on right now. Besides the um, my uh, the, the book I've, I'm um, uh, in the middle of writing. So. Uh, but I will definitely be willing to travel for uh, some investigations because, you know, I do take it seriously. And at the end of the day, I want to find out what's going on. It's nothing to do with, you know, who's doing this and who's doing that. I want to find out what's actually happening. So, But, yeah, they can get a hold of me, uh, ryaninvestigator at gmail.com. You can also um, find me on Facebook at Ryan Fusco. And then um, if you anyone's interested on my most recent stuff, they can go to my TikTok page and they can type in Fosbo, F-E-O, and they can check out this stuff that's on there because that is the stuff from my security camera, and it's pretty wild stuff. So, Okay, cool. So, um, yeah, and then uh, – Whenever my book gets uh, um, done here, I'll, I'll actually I'll send you you know I'll send you more information for it and everything. So, good. You guys look want? For, so. Yeah, we'll look forward to that. Okay, um, I know you, you have to uh, 
get up for that thing called work in the morning and <laughs> I got Barbara, that. Yeah, Barbara and I have have to get get to bed soon because we have to get up early for tomorrow's show as well. So uh, you know, we can uh to the point of wrapping up the show tonight, but yeah, you know, I just want to uh thank you Ryan for uh being our guest tonight. Uh I think it was um a lot of fun uh yeah. very informative um eye opening and it it, it, yeah, it was a great time. I, oh, great. I know it's not uh, great. Yeah, I know it's yeah, I know it's not all I know it's off the norm a little bit, you know. <laughs> but uh you know, this is uh hey, this this is what's happening. So, you know, I'm I'm glad that you and Brenda allowed me on here and you guys do a great job by the way. So yeah, it, it, I told you, you know, this would be the most fun you'll have with uh, your clothes on. But it, <laughs> you, know, you did, sure. you, you did a, a really nice job of um, connecting more dots and laying the foundations for future shows too. So, um, you know, you know, we can, uh, uh, you know. Get ready to say good night, and you know, th- thanks again, Ryan, for um, the the fascinating discussion. Thanks, Tim Swartz, for uh, connecting yeah. me to Ryan, and yeah, just, uh, you know, just keep yeah. us yeah, keep us posted about the uh, uh, your book, and we'll do it again. And we'll thanks, do. Barbara, for uh, producing the show. We'll see everyone tomorrow morning at ten a.m. Eastern Time.